Galnet News Digest, 6th of October, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's News Roundup, Rider Battle Distracts from Lockdown Suffering. Webster tells all, but not yet. Brewer fails to increase tritium supply. The Christmas Crud Convoy. Rider Battle Distracts from Lockdown Suffering. With everyone's attention on Denton Petraeus's attempts to arrest engineer Liz Ryder for her alleged complicity in the neo-Marlinist station bombings, and on the apparently successful counter-strikes by the Eurybia Blue Mafia to preserve the engineer's freedom, it's easy to forget that the Empire has forced four of its own systems into lockdown because of their dangerously democratic thinking. Petraeus has attempted to link the four systems of Beatis, Chana, Akwada and Nahuatl to the terrorist bombing that he's also trying to arrest Ryder for. But it's important to remember that the Republican Marlinist movement in these four systems is entirely unrelated to the terrorists of the Neo-Marlinists. The Marlinists want to bring about equality of opportunity through peaceful change. The Neo-Marlinists seek to use terror to sow fear and dissent wherever they can. But still, the citizens of Beatis, of Chana, of Aguada and Nahuatl are confined to their homes. Their economies are shut down. There are troops on the streets, in the starports, and there are military ships patrolling the system. Nothing goes in or out without the approval of Imperial High Command. Petraeus is bleeding these systems dry as punishment for daring to think the Empire might manage to do a bit better on equality and on voting reform. It's not yet clear what else Petraeus plans for these unfortunate Imperial citizens, but pilots are warned that they enter those systems at their own risk. Webster tells all, but not yet. When Starship One disappeared in May 3301, did anyone really think that it was all just a silly accident? It had all the hallmarks of being a copycat of the loss of the Highliner Antares, and there were plenty of folk, including a lot of onionhead farmers, who wouldn't be sad to see the back of President Halsey. But the investigating authorities quickly found that there was no reason to suspect foul play. And here we are, five years on, finding out for the first time that the order to sabotage Starship One came from the very top. We're still waiting for the details Chief Technician Rory Webster promised yesterday in return for avoiding his own execution on charges of treason and mass murder. Perhaps it's not yet worth speculating whether the sponsor for the sabotage was Jupiter Rochester of Core Dynamics or Admiral Vincent of the Federal Navy, and whether they in turn were acting on the orders of Felicia Winters, Zachary Hudson, or, given what we later learned about the Rochester family, whether Aisling Duval had anything to do with it. Perhaps it's too early to say whether the revelations we are about to hear will rip the Federation apart, demonstrate that President Hudson used underhand tactics to become president and should be impeached, removed from office, tried for treason and sentenced appropriately. 
But if Rory Webster, who is currently in the custody of the Federal Intelligence Agency, should mysteriously die before he gets to tell his story, that in itself would give us a very big clue about who was behind the destruction of Starship One. Brewer fails to increase tritium supply. Galnet News Digest can reveal that tritium supplies at the 10 new starports are at critically low levels less than a week after the stations opened, and the advertised special prices for construction materials are nothing to write home about either. Our secret shopper visited the stations and found typically less than 20 tonnes of tritium available at these new, more efficient tritium supply depots. Meanwhile, the special prices for the bauxite building fabricators, gallite power generators, rutile and thermal cooling units are hardly at the painite level of exciting. For example, Trevithic Vision in Ninebin, less than three light years from the conflict in Eurybia, has no demand at all for building fabricators or thermal cooling units, is buying bauxite at 1,600 credits, gallite at 3,000 credits, and power generators and rutile at 2,500 credits. It's a bit above the normal market rate, but for commanders used to being offered 500 times the fair market value for void opals, such modest price hikes are hardly going to attract vast fleets of Type 9s. And with these refineries unable to keep up with demand, the search for Brewer's new tritium supply continues. The Christmas Crud Convoy With the two weeks of official mourning, for Imperial Dilettante, Prince Harold, coming to an end on Thursday, commanders are reminded that those who helped bring in supplies have only two more days to take advantage of their 20% discount on new Gutamaya ships. Get your courier, clipper and cutter before it's too late. With millions of tonnes of caviar, brandy and cigars consumed on capital, there's going to be an awful lot of mess to clean up. A spokesperson for the Imperial Household has expressed concern that it might take weeks or even months to get all that bio-waste packed up and removed. But where can they send it for disposal? With the Christmas carrier's convoy due to set off for Colonia on the 1st of December, what nicer present could there be for the inhabitants of that distant cluster of thinly inhabited systems with no Imperial presence whatever than a few thousand tonnes? Off the brown stuff. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs>